Welcome to Closer to Christ, the sermon podcast from St. Paul's Lutheran Church and The Bridge in Muskego, Wisconsin. You can learn more about our ministries at stpaulmuskego.org. And now for this week's message. We continue our message series, Walking with our, G- uh, with our Savior as He Makes His Final Steps. Today, we walk with him up into the upper room. I'd invite you to join with me and follow along as I read the uh, Monday-Thursday account as it's recorded in Mark chapter 14 uh, on page 1019. On the first day of the festival of unleavened bread, when it was customary to sacrifice the Passover lamb, Jesus asked him, where do you want us to go and make preparations for you to eat the Passover? So he sent two of his disciples telling them, go into the city, and a man carrying a jar of water will meet you. Follow him. Say to the owner of the house he enters, the teacher asks, where is my guest room where I may eat the Passover with my disciples? He will show you a large room upstairs, furnished and ready. Make preparations for us there. The disciples left, went into the city, and found things just as Jesus had told them. So they prepared the Passover. When evening came, Jesus arrived with the twelve. While they were reclining at the table eating, he said, Truly I tell you, one of you will betray me, one who is eating with me. They were saddened. And one by one they said to him, Surely, You don't mean me. They were saddened. It is one of the twelve, he replied, one who dips bread into the bowl with me. The Son of Man will go just as it is written about him, but woe to that man who betrays the Son of Man. It would be better for him if he had not been born. While they were eating, Jesus took bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it and gave it to his disciples, saying, Take it. This is my body. Then he took a cup, and when he had given thanks, he gave it to them, and they all drank from it. This is my blood of the covenant, which is poured out for many, he said to them. Truly, I tell you, I will not drink again from the fruit of the vine until that day when I drink it anew in the kingdom of God. This is the word of the Lord. There's only one question that I really want you to remember as you walk out of worship today. This question, surely you don't mean me. Now, I can understand why Judas asked that question. Surely you don't mean me. Judas had already made plans to betray Jesus. You can understand why he's he's trying to hide what he is doing from Jesus. But what's amazing to me is that every one of the disciples asked this question. Surely, you don't mean me. They weren't planning to betray Jesus. So why would they ask, could it be me? 
Could it be because they understood something about themselves? That they could look back on their time with Jesus and see how many times that they had failed Jesus. It's not just Monday, Thursday night when, when Peter denies Jesus and all the disciples scatter. Think how often Jesus said to the disciples when, when they should have known better, Oh, you of little faith. How often didn't Jesus have to scold them because they were making comparisons one with the other? Who's the greatest? Why did they ask, surely you don't need me? Could it be because they understood that there was this darkness within them that that was capable of anything? And they were just saying, Lord, please reassure me that I won't fall into that kind of deep darkness of sin. Surely, you don't mean me. Isn't that the right question for us to ask as we think about Jesus foretelling Judas' betrayal? Surely, You don't mean me. And Jesus has to look us in the eye, just as he did Judas, and say, you have said so. Yes, I I mean you. In Hebrews chapter 6, the author of Hebrews says that, that people who who know about the Savior, who have tasted and seen how good the Savior is, if they, they sin against him, they are crucifying the Son of God all over again. Don't we have to admit that, that we've, we've crucified Jesus all over again? Little faith, How many times have you just been overwhelmed with something and felt that there, you know, God isn't hearing our prayers, he doesn't care about me? Oh, you have little faith. How many times have we followed in the footsteps of the disciples and, and tried to make ourselves feel better by making comparisons with each other? You know, and Sometimes we feel better because we, we, we think we're better than somebody else, and sometimes we feel worse because th- they seem better than we are. And when those ideas go through our heads, you know, we're betraying the Savior's cause. Surely, you don't mean me. And Jesus looks into each one of our eyes and says, you've said so. I do mean you. You see, that's what God wants us to do as we prepare to receive Jesus' body and blood. He invites us to to look into his eyes and recognize that he is challenging us 
to search our hearts. What does it mean when the Apostle Paul said that we should examine ourselves so that we don't take the Lord's Supper actually to to our spiritual harm? Isn't it by recognizing that as we come before the the Lord in the sacrament that Jesus is looking into our eyes and, and he sees all the times that we have betrayed him. Surely you don't mean me. And we hear the Savior say, yes, you have said so. Yes, I mean you. This is what God wants us to do as we, we prepare ourselves for the Lord's Supper. And I just ask you, what is your way of looking into the Savior's eyes and seeing a tear form in his eyes as he looks at you and he says, yes, it is you. I see that you are going to betray me. And you have betrayed me. What what do you do to... To see the Savior look at you and hear his, his question so that we respond, surely you don't mean me. Now, you may have a marvelous practice already, and God be praised if you do. But if that's not your practice, if you're really not thinking about looking Jesus in the eye as you come forward to receive Jesus' body and blood, I would suggest that Monday Thursday is a great time to start a new spiritual habit. I'd invite you to turn with me to page 156 in the front of the hymnal. 156 is the page for the personal preparation for Holy Communion. And I would invite you uh, to join with me as, as we read just the second question and answer And I would encourage you to make use of this tool to examine yourself so that you hear the Savior when you ask, surely you don't mean me. You hear the Savior say, yes, it is you. You are guilty. Let's read that second question and answer together. What should I do if I am not aware of my sins or not troubled by them. I should examine myself according to the Ten Commandments and ask how well I have carried out my responsibilities as a husband or wife or single person, as a parent or child, an employer or employee, a teacher or student. Have I loved God with all my heart, gladly heard his word, and patiently adored affliction? Have I been disobedient, proud, or unforgiving? Have I been selfish, lazy, envious, or quarrelsome? Have I lied or deceived, taken something not mine, or given anyone a bad name? Have I abused my body or permitted indecent thoughts to linger in my mind? Have I failed to do what is right and good? Surely, You don't mean me. The Savior looks into each of our hearts and says, yes, it is you. Convicted. There's another way to think about that question. 
Surely you don't mean me. I think of a, my best friend in high school and college. First name was Brad. One Sunday morning, we walked down to St. Mark's in Watertown, and we had agreed before we left for church that we were going to take communion that day. And so, as we were walking up to communion and, and I turned to, to kneel, uh, I was surprised that Brad wasn't right there with me. And about half an hour later, I, I got back to the room, we were roommates, and, and I asked him, why didn't you take communion? And he said, because I'm not worthy. Now, I didn't understand this back when I was a 19-year-old, but, but my best friend was in a deep and dangerous depression. And he was convinced that the sacrament couldn't possibly be for him. Because he had looked into the Savior's eyes, surely you don't mean me, and he had heard the Savior say, yes, I have seen all of your sins. And what he heard was, then I can't possibly be forgiven. Surely you don't mean me. My guilt is too great. Some of you have been in that place too. The reality is, there was never a day that Brad was more prepared for the Lord's Supper than that day. Because he saw the enormity of his sins. What he didn't see was that the Lord's Supper is an unconditional promise of love. I'd invite you to turn with me to Jeremiah chapter 31, verses 31 to 34, page 790 in our Pew Bible. And, and keep your Bibles open because I'll refer to this for a, for a little while. Now, Jeremiah, speaking about 700 years before the time of Christ, he, he or 500 years before the time of Christ, 600 years before the time of Christ, he, he talks about the old covenant that we heard sealed with the meal and the shedding of blood in our Old Testament lesson. That old Old Covenant, the problem with that Old Covenant is there was this great big if. If the Israelites obeyed God fully, then the, the covenant there sealed at Mount Sinai would be theirs, and, and, and they would be a treasured possession. But sadly, the entire Old Testament is a history of how they failed on their side of this two-sided covenant. And that's where Jeremiah begins. Chapter 31, verse 31. The days are coming, declares the Lord, when I will make a new covenant. Now remember, as God's Old Testament people who knew the Old Testament, the, the disciples, when they, when they heard Jesus institute the Lord's Supper and he said, this is the blood of the new covenant, they would have gone right back here. This is the only place in the Old Testament that talks about the new covenant. The days are coming, declares the Lord, when I will make a new covenant with the people of Israel 
and the people of Judah. It will not be like the covenant I made with their ancestors when I took them by the hand to lead them out of Egypt because they broke my covenant, though I was a husband to them, declares the Lord. That Old Testament covenant was a two-sided conditional covenant, but now listen to this new covenant that is promised and sealed to us in Jesus' body and blood. This is the covenant I will make with the people of Israel after that time, declares the Lord. I will put my law in their minds and write it on their hearts. I will be their God and they will be my people. No longer will they teach their neighbor or say to one another, Know the Lord, because they will all know me, from the least of them to the greatest, declares the Lord. For I will forgive their wickedness and will remember their sins no more. I will forgive their wickedness and will remember their sins no more. No conditions. No limitations on how much to forgive. This is the amazing thing about our God, that our God is so um, gracious that he promises, I won't even remember those sins that you remember, that plague your conscience, those sins that, that you just think God can't possibly forgive. God says, I'm not even going to remember them, so I don't want you to remember them. I want you to claim this promise. This is the Lord's Supper is God's way of wrapping us up in his arms and saying, I want you to know that yes, I mean you. Surely not I, our conscience says. And Jesus says, yes, I mean you. I forgive you. I will not remember your sins anymore. In fact, I claim you as my own. I'm going to be your God and you are going to be my people. You are mine. Surely, you don't mean me. And we hear the Savior say, yes, I mean you. Comforted. But there's another way to, to think about that question. Surely, you don't mean me. You know, this day is called Monday Thursday. It comes from the Greek or the Latin word for command. Uh, and, and it's not the command about the Lord's Supper. There is a new command that Jesus gave, love one another. All people will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. That's what Jesus is commissioning us to do, right? Surely, you don't mean me, Lord. Do you really expect me to love that coworker, that classmate that, that just, I just can't stand being in the room with them? Oh, surely not me, Lord. You want me to, to love? That, that person who makes life decisions that we know are contrary to God's word, you want me to love them? What if people will misunderstand? You don't want me to love them, do you? Surely 
you don't mean me. You see, in the Lord's Supper, Jesus looks into our eyes and says, yes, my dear child, I mean you. This is part of the new covenant. Again, look at Jeremiah 31. Verse 33 says, I will put my law in their minds and write it on their hearts. God says, I am going to change the way you think. This is the promise that's here in the Lord's Supper. Not just forgiveness, not just a new identity, but this promise, he's going to change the way I think so that that I can look at people that in so many ways are, are unlovable. I want to love them. I'm not saying it's easy. I'm not saying how to love every person that we interact with. That's way beyond this sermon. But this is our call, right? We are commissioned to love so that all people will know that Jesus is our Savior when they see that we love one another. But we're not just commissioned. Guess what? We are empowered Look at verse 34. No longer will they teach their neighbor or say to one another, know the Lord. And I I wish they would translate this the way uh, it's, it's translated in Hosea. The same word for know. There it's translated acknowledge. We won't have to teach people, each other, acknowledge the Lord. Show that you, you, you trust and love the Lord by the way that you act. We won't have to teach each other because we will all acknowledge the Lord from the least to the greatest, declares the Lord. You see, in the Lord's Supper, Jesus is making a promise to you that he will work this miracle in you. Surely you don't mean me, Lord. And Jesus in the sacrament is saying, yes, I do. I do mean that I know how you've betrayed me in the past and how you will betray me in the future. I know that. Yes, I do mean you. We're convicted. Surely you don't mean me, Lord. And Jesus in the sacrament looks us in the eyes and says, yes, I do mean you. I love you unconditionally and I forgive you. Comforted. And as we walk out this door, let that question be in our mind. Surely you don't mean me, Lord. And hear him say, yes, my dear child, I mean you. I've commissioned you and empowered you to show the same kind of love, unconditional love, that you've just experienced for me. I've commissioned you and empowered you to show that love out there. Surely you don't mean me. I pray that we hear the Savior say, yes, I truly do mean you. Amen. Thanks for joining us on the Closer to Christ sermon podcast from St. Paul's Lutheran Church and The Bridge in Muskego, Wisconsin. Closer to Christ podcasts are from our current sermon series and are released every Monday morning. For live stream services and other ministry information, please visit us online at stpaulmuskego.org.